they're being raised almost as neutered men who don't understand how to be with women. And it, it's no wonder so many young men are lost and are looking for direction and are looking for people to follow to teach him how to be a man. He's an emotional man and no one can trust an emotional man. That kind of emotion around a woman will destroy a family in no time. I learned the hard way. I was an emotional man in my marriage. Man, being strong is good, being tough is good, being rich is good. But that's the answer to the question, how to be a good man? No. There seems to be a daily choice on what direction to go, as opposed to young men making a commitment to this is what I'm going to do and this is how I'm going to get there. That's not being modeled. It, it's very difficult to find a place where young men can be mentored. Find a man at least 20 years older than you, listen to him, ask him some questions, learn something from him and his life experience. You're a man living in the modern world in a time when men and manhood are not what they once were. You live life on your own terms. You're self-sufficient. You think for yourself and you march to the beat of your own drum. When life knocks you down, you get back up because in your gut, you know that's what men do. You're a badass and a warrior. And on the days when you forget, we are here to remind you who you really are. Welcome to Sovereign Man Podcast, where we aim to make men masculine. Again, I'm your man, Nikki Ballou, and we have a very special conversation teed up for you today. I'm with my man, Steve Richmond, and we're going to talk about the importance of elders. Welcome, Richmond. Well, thank you, sir. Good to be here. Good to have you. So you and I um, have been talking about this issue for quite some time because we're both somewhat concerned and dismayed at how our modern society is also fucked up. And one of the things that's most fucked up about it is in its relentless worship of money and youth and its relentless denigration of the wisdom of elders. And I thought that it was about time that we said something about it and persuaded a few people in this current society to start respecting elders, listening to elders and learning from elders. So let me turn it over to you because I know you've got some things that you believe very strongly about this issue. Yeah, it's just like, well, and as I started to say before we began there, uh, one of the men on my men's team sent me a thing this morning and this man's talking about how women punish men. And he's actually referencing uh, Tom Brady and how his wife's punishing him for uh, his behavior and playing another season of football, etc. And I won't get into all the details of it, but it's like, how many men listen to that thing and believe that women are running around just trying to punish their men for something? It's, you know, it doesn't get into any of the context of, you know, Brady said to the world, he wasn't going to play another season. And then he went back on his work <laughs> and he went back on his family. And he's got young children. That time goes by quickly. None of that enters into this conversation. This man is just talking about this is how women punish men. And it's, it's such unwise advice to young men. And the man on my team, well, what do you think about this? And I, I, th These are dangerous men. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about, but they're talking about it. And every single one of these men is under the age of 50. Let's fucking like, let's just. Oh, yeah. The yeah. 
young. Yeah, at best, this dude looks like he's in his late 30s. And uh, no life experience, but thinks he understands women and is telling men how to behave around them. And uh, yeah, if there's there's one thing close to 70 years has taught me, I don't know shit about women. And... uh, you know, trying to trying to predict their behavior and say that they behave this way and that way. It's like the one thing I have learned about women is women don't understand women, other women, and sometimes even themselves. So how the hell are we supposed to figure it out? Our job is just to be the best men we can be for those women and be that container they can be themselves in. Yeah. So part of the problem, as I see it, Richmond, is um, the feminazi movement of the last 60 years, which was, by the way, a psyop um, created by the KGB in the West, designed to weaken the family, has absolutely um, taken away fathers from many, many homes. So a lot of young men are raised without fathers, even those that are raised with fathers, their fathers don't know what the fuck they're doing. So these men are raised not like men were raised 100 years ago, 60 years ago, but they're being raised almost as neutered men who don't understand how to be with women. And it's no wonder so many young men are lost and are looking for direction and are looking for people to follow to teach them how to be a man. I think that part is positive. I'm heartened by men wanting to learn how to be men. Yeah. What is disturbing to me is when these dumb, young idiots, folks like this 38-year-old fellow you're talking about, but more famous people like Andrew Tate, who's 36 fucking years old, get out there and purport to tell men how to be. And yeah. they get part of it right. So Andrew Tate, when he says, look, go out there and work on yourself, become better, learn, work hard, make money, become useful, look get in good shape, be the kind of man who can protect his family physically if you need to. All of that is good. But then yep. there's a whole lot of other shit he says that's not good. And this is- Oh, I know. The first first five or six times I listened to anything Andrew Tate said, I was like, yeah, yeah, this is good. This is good. And then I started listening to him. And it was like, oh, shit, this is not good. This is not how you treat women. And, you know, some of it, some of his quote unquote advice was, was good. Yeah. You're a man, work on yourself, do this, do that. But the way he talks about treating women to me is just appalling. It's absolutely appalling. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's interesting. We, we do this this week because it was seven years ago, last Sunday, we did the first men and masculinity summit for basically all the reasons you just listed because of all these men being lost and, had for the third summit we did, we had Dr. Warren Farrell on talking about the boy crisis. Yeah. All these yeah, men. I, being, I was at that one. That was great. Yeah. And, you know, that's the, that's the state of affairs and it's not getting better. It's getting worse. So Andrew Tate was raised by a single mother. He yeah. never learned from a father how to be a man. He went and he sort of figured it out himself, a child of a single mother, and said, well, I need to be strong and tough and rich. That's the answer. And, man, being strong is good, being tough is good, being rich is good. But that's the answer to the question, how to be a good man? No. 
Yeah. Well, he's not emotionally tough. He's not emotionally tough at all. He's emotionally a pussy. Yeah. He's, he's emotionally and, a pussy. All these dudes are. About the work we do, he's an emotional man, and no one can trust an emotional man. And sadly, through snippets of social media, people think they know who he is, and it, it, it's sad. Because that kind of emotion around a woman will destroy a family in no time. And he made his money by basically yeah. running live sex cam operations. That's how he made his money. Yeah. You know, what kind of man is that? Like, honestly, (laughs) what kind of man is that? I I exploit women to tell you how to be with women. But no, and, you know, my own personal experience. I mean, I learned the hard way. I was an emotional man in my marriage. And uh, my kids are, you know, I'd like to believe well-balanced now and and looking forward. But I know there's scars, you know. And... uh, they paid the price for my being emotional. Yeah. And, you know, and I look at my dad who was emotional as well. Most of it, of course, anger, because that's what we access first and foremost. And, uh, you know, my parents argued for the 63 years they were together, but there was a commitment there that they never broke. Even though they did their shit, they were there through thick and thin. And, uh, that's that's not being that's not being modeled, especially when you're raised by a single mom. There's there's no model there for you to to look forward to, uh, you know, to to base your life around. And uh, I love women to death, but you can't raise a boy in an emotional environment of a single mom and expect him not to pick up some of the emotional feminine traits that are going to happen. And when you're pushing dads away, you know, oh, the kids don't want to see you this week. That's you and your emotions, lady. That's not the kids not wanting to see their dad. You know, whatever it is, just, you know, one thing I will give my ex-wife credit. Uh, she never stopped me from seeing my kids. Yeah, far too many women do that. Um, I know that Andrew T- did not get to be with his father a lot growing up. And a part of it was his, was his mom. And let's 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 be frank: the feminazi movement has um, encouraged women to make men the enemy, and in particular, a lot of single mothers, when the marriage breaks up, put all the blame on the man, and that is not helpful. Is not useful. And here's the truth: um, all the blame isn't on the man. All the blame isn't on the woman. There has been a nefarious fucking psyop run by the former Soviet KGB designed to weaken Western society. And a big part of it was to weaken the family. And part of what they started to do was find what they called useful idiots, which was intellectuals that would say, hey, women have been oppressed by men. There's something called the patriarchy. And it's time that we stand up, sisters, for our rights. And Mm -hmm. this had enough truth to it this lie had enough truth to it to persuade a lot of persuadable impressionable young women to go yeah i want something different i want i want my own version of life and over time this thought started to take over society and the other part of the soviet psyop campaign was to infiltrate the media 
So the media would be supportive of this sort of nonsense. And that was powerful. And the other part of their PSYOP campaign was to infiltrate Hollywood and storytelling so that the stories being told by Hollywood would support this type of narrative. And then finally, it was schools. So this type of shit started to be taught in schools. Well, male teachers in the schools to speak of. It's all it's all female teachers. And I, I don't have a problem with women teaching. I have a problem with, with an agenda being delivered to my children. And it's getting worse and worse. Thank God my kids are old enough and out of school. But no, and, and whatever happened, like even back in the 60s, this is not the woman's movement I grew up with. That was women had filled the factories during the war. Women enjoyed the work. They, you know, society was changing. Big deal. Um, you know, and it was, it was a, I, I, I sort of got the idea of the women's movement. It They weren't being treated fairly pay-wise and all, all that other stuff. But where it's – and I hear I hear some of these younger women talking these days that are actually in support of men. And the women's movement has gone completely off the rails now. It's, it's not about being equal to men. It's about putting men down. It was always <clears> like <throat> that. It was, just, it was a three-stage thing. What can we get society to accept? This is – there's books that are written about this. This uh, oh, I get. Like, I, I get where you're going with that, but the the sad part is like women in their fifties understand that men are a valuable part of society. There's some of these thirty somethings I'm seeing on social media that we don't need men, and some of these women that have you know kind of flip sides, if you will. Uh, are like, well, there's no infrastructure, there's no phones, there's no refrigeration, there's no this, there's no buildings, there's no highways without men. Well, there's women that do that, yeah, but that, that would get you about four miles of highway a year in North America. You know, it's just, yeah, it, it makes absolutely no sense. And, you know, I, I don't profess to be any kind of an expert on any of this stuff. I've learned a lot of life lessons. I've been taught, you know, by elders, the, the late, great Michael Murnahan, when I first did my men's weekend, uh, got a shit ton of lessons from him, listened to my grandparents, listened to my dad. Uh, that's where a lot of the wisdom came from. But it seems these days the whole social media thing is I want all the information and I want it in 30 seconds or less. So it's like I'm going to grab a clip of Andrew Tate's and that's how I'm going to live my life and I'm going to do this. And it, it, it it's always seems to – I'm trying to think of the word. It's, it's, there, there seems to be a daily choice on what direction to go as opposed to – young men making a commitment to this is what I'm going to do and this is how I'm going to get there. And of the clients I have, my, my niche over the years is pretty much in coaching has become 30 to 45 year old men. And they're all struggling to figure out what their purpose is and develop disciplines in their life. They, there's, there's no disciplines and no commitments. Mm. And Without those, men are just wandering around aimlessly, as as our as our good friend Justin says. You know, a man without purpose is just putting in time. 
And there's a lot of putting in. And I hear how busy men are all the time these days. I never heard that 20 years ago. But it's all busy work. It's not getting you to where you want to go and missing the goals. You know, I I think it was Jack Canfield or somebody years ago I heard this. It's like, (laughs) you can be as busy and committed as you want, but if you've got your ladder up against the wrong fucking building, you can climb till the cows come home. Yeah, you're never going to get there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I see a lot of. It's like, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And men are not standing for their purpose. And I also see a shit ton of men running around trying to keep women happy. And that's poison because women, you know, and I've talked to quite a few women over the years. Some days women don't know how to be happy themselves. So there's no fucking way you're going to make them happy. And they're, you know, constantly walking on eggshells, these men trying, well, she wants this and she wants that. You know, this is my job. And no, it isn't. Your job is to get on with your life. Be goddamn successful. Whatever success is to you. That's the other thing I see a lot of is, oh, I want to make $7 million. Well, why? What's the purpose? You know, maybe you only need to make half a million dollars and travel the world and be happy and content and have a purpose. But it, it, it seems like everybody's out there trying to make a shit ton of money so they can buy a shit ton of stuff and then they'll be happy. And that's, I think, the biggest thing wrong with society right now. It's I'll be happy when, as opposed to what is it that's going to make me happy and going after it. Well, that's what's wrong with our society because we've got fucking dumb young men teaching younger and dumber men what they should actually be pursuing in life. And the truth of the matter is that they are not qualified to teach anybody anything. Andrew Tate should shut the fuck up about anything other than how to build, how to make money. He's got good ideas about how to make money. He's got some good ideas about how to, how to get in shape. He should shut the fuck up about everything else. He doesn't know anything else about how to be a man, how to raise a family, how to build a community or society. No. And once you got one Bugatti, you don't really need another one. (laughs) You got the extra money, that's fine, but that's not not what makes life go around. No. And then other dudes, these 38-year-old folks who go, oh, well, Tom Brady was being punished. I mean, dude, shut the fuck up and go listen to an older man. I double dog dare every man under the age of 50, go find someone at least 20 years older than you and go ask them what life was like. Ask them what are the biggest adversities that they Mm -hmm. encountered. Ask them what they did to respond to them. Just do that. Do that. Spend half an hour to an hour with someone 20 years older than you, a man 20 years older than you, and fucking be humble enough to listen to them. And Andrew Tate, you're probably never going to hear this, but motherfucker, shut the fuck up and go find some 70-year-old to mentor you. Shut the fuck up trying to fucking act like you know shit because you don't. You don't. You don't have enough life experience to know shit. You were raised by a single mom to be an emotional man. You're going to get upset at me saying this to you. You're going to just fucking fly off the handle. But the truth of it is that's all you are. And all these other dudes. I love Patrick Bet David of Value Tainment. He's one of my favorite people on the internet. He says a lot of smart stuff, and he's a man who actually thinks things through, and he's curious, which I love about him. 
but he's a Persian man who grew up poor. And I tell you, I know exactly what happens to one of those men when they make a lot of money. They get all excited that they've made money. And in, in Persian <laughs> culture, it's show off your house, show off your car, show off your clothes. And it's all yeah. bullshit, Pat. It's all fucking bullshit. Nobody cares. You think no. you care, but even you don't give a fuck. Even you don't care. You just care. What you really care about is you care about the people around you that love you and that you love. That's all you really care about. Like, mm-hmm. I like nice things. Sure. I fucking made a bit of money this week. I bought myself a, a new knife. I bought myself a, a hinderer. You have, you have a knife addiction is what you have. <laughs> guilty. Guilty. Guilty, guilty, guilty. But, you know, I, I don't think that the only cool people in the world are the people who have knife addictions like me. I don't think that the only cool people in the world are the people that make a ton of money. Even Patrick, I liked him not because he makes a lot of money. In fact, I didn't even know that he made a lot of money until a little while ago. I liked him because he was smart. He said smart things. And I like learning. And this is a dude who read a lot of books, who thought about things and came up with original ideas. I fucking love that shit. That And he's, he's Persian. He's a Syrian like me. I love that shit about him too. It, these these young men, and he's he's a man who's under 50, again, 43 years old, whatever the fuck it is, mm-hmm. 45 years old. And no disrespect to him because he's a really fucking accomplished, good man in so many ways. But Patrick, you also yeah. you ain't got life experience. Shut the fuck up. You just made money, man. Don't be too impressed with how much money you made, Pat. Don't be too impressed with that. It's not that impressive. It's somewhat impressive. What's more impressive yeah. is how much you love your family, how much you care about your wife, your kids, your dad. The people around you that are part of your team, that's what impresses me and any human about you, not your cash hoard. Well, that's the thing. Everything these days is is pushed towards instant gratification, which is, you know, I, I love Warren Buffett's phrase from years ago. It's, you know, delayed gratification is where you get value. Then you truly appreciate what you have. But, you know, to, to go back to the mentoring part, look at. You know, if I look at even even when my son was in Boy Scouts, it was all men leaders. There was one woman leader. I I came across that troop at, at the Cenotaph parade the other week. It's all women leaders. There's it's women leaders, women school, you know, my my principal in public school helped guide me away from some shit that would have possibly had me in jail in grade 12. And it was, you know, not a long-term mentor, but sitting down, listening to a man I respected. Those people are few and far between in the upbringing of children now. So you got a single mom with a female teacher, you send them off, you know, there's dojos and stuff like that, that, you know, and, not surprisingly, you know, the karate dojos and things like that are full of single moms because they're bringing their kids there, trying to teach them some disciplines. Because there isn't really anywhere for, for young men to be mentored anymore. I love the fact uh, the men on the West Coast that we know are doing the Young Men's Adventure Weekends and stuff like that. I know we did one in Ottawa quite a few years ago. and It was a big hit. But it takes a lot of men to put one of those together and uh, a lot of commitment. And it just fell by the, well, we actually lost the property the next year too uh, that we'd had it at. But that's the thing is there, 
it, it's very difficult to find a place where young men can be mentored. Sports teams are a place where young men can be mentored. I mean, my two sons play sports. Yeah. One of them plays soccer. The other one plays hockey. And they're being mentored by men there, which is good. Uh -huh. um, you know, my, my son who plays soccer, he's had the same coach for five years, which is great. And that man's been a great coach. And I think he did a fantastic job with my boy. Um, my other son has been on like three, four different teams in the last four or five years <laughs> for a variety of reasons. But um, he's got some good coaches, good mentors that uh -huh. are showing him about delayed gratification, about working hard. I mean, he's working hard to become a better hockey goalie. And, uh -huh. you know, he's not he's not the starting goalie. He's the backup goalie. And he wants to be the starting goalie. So part of this is teaching him how to have a goal, how to work hard toward it how to be better and, you know, also to perform and God bless him. The last four games he's, he's managed to start and play in. He played very well in each one of them. He won two, he tied one and he lost one. Uh, but even the one he lost, he played freaking well, you know, so. It takes a team. This is teaching him this, this, yeah. this, Hey, you're going to be the backup goalie, man. Adversity. It's good for him. And I'm glad like, he, you know, he doesn't want me to go and push to have him be made equal goalie. And I'm glad because I think that's a sign of maturity on his part. And it's a sign of a boy who at least instinctively understands he's got to learn how to make his own way as a man. Yep. So, but he's my son. I know, when my son I know when my son was playing football, he'd been the starting center. You know, this is, they're young, uh, but he'd been starting, starting, starting. They moved up to Aurora and, uh, he started playing for the new market team. He was the backup for the first year until he proved that he was better than the other guy. And, uh, you know, that taught him a lot. It taught him to get in shape and, uh, you know, and even my girls competed, but, uh, with boys, it, it's so much more critical. And actually I think, you know, the competition, the soccer and, and basketball and whatnot, my girls participated in made them, more balanced women too. <clears throat> yeah. But uh, no, it's, it, you know, it, it, it's funny the, the respect that I used to have from, you know, my uncles and, you know, just uh, be sitting out the back porch down at my uncle's place. And, and one of my older uncles would come out and sit and talk to me for five minutes. And, that, you know, that was information I listened to sometimes, a little more than I'd listen to my old man because, you know, he was my old man. He didn't know shit. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my grandfather gave me, uh, my grandfather's the reason I joined the military. He goes, you know, you could use a little discipline in your life. You're getting to be a little bit of a hot-headed 16-year-old. Uh, so I ran off and joined uh, the Navy Reserves and hitchhiked from Brampton to frickin' HMCS York for, I think it was four years. But, you know, there was no bus, <laughs> but yeah. those things taught me disciplines. This is why I'm such a big advocate of, of men of any age, having men in their lives. Like, you know, you hit your twenties, you need men in your life. You know, don't, don't be sitting around sharing all your feelings, hopes, and dreams with your girlfriend because you don't get the proper perspective on, it. you know, they're loving, they're supportive, they're wonderful but it's not going to help you be a better man to tell your girlfriend all your feelings and your woes.
Because down the road, she's going to think less of you because you're not taking care of her the way you need to. And I see so many men in their 30s these days, they make the assumption that their woman is going to work. And then and there was a Suzanne Venker uh, episode. She was she was on our uh, Men and Masculinity as well on the online stuff, Eminem yeah. Explores. And I love her uh, and her take on on the whole situation of, you know, families and parenting. And it was yet another case of, you know, we got married, we've got these two incomes. My husband uh, lost his job. So now he's got a job making 60 grand a year. I make close to 200. We're not wanting to make the sacrifice of, or she's not actually wanting to make the sacrifice of giving up her job to have a family, but she wants a family. So here we go. We're going to raise kids in a daycare environment and mom's not going to be around. And, you know, it's just this. Yeah. It's like stay home, raise your kid. Your kid needs to bond with his mother for the first five years, especially boys. But they want the lifestyle where they can go away on, on vacation and all this. Like I remember growing up, my parents and, and their friends, if they went on vacation, that was the couple going on vacation to somewhere. We would go on a family camping trip in the summer, but mom and dad, if they went away, they went away on their own. And you see it now, it's like, oh, we're going on vacation. And the, all the kids and everybody's going. It's like, there's no mom and dad time. And you wonder, you know, I, I forget what book it was I was just reading that uh, or listening to. That, you know, you make it all about the kids, all about the kids, and then the kids grow up and they hit their late teens and mom and dad got no relationship left because they poured everything into their children and being their children's friends and their relationship is gone because that's that's not modeling what a good marriage is for your kids. It's like mom and dad's marriage has to be the top of the heap. And raising the kids second. And I see it all the time now. It's all about the kids and there's no attention being paid to the marriage. And that's not a healthy way to raise women or men. Amen, man. That's actually really good advice. Really, really good advice. Probably part of what led to the demise of my marriage is we didn't spend enough time on each other as a couple and way too much time on just the kids. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh, somebody was telling me about it the other day. There's a book. I'm actually reading The Myth of Normal by Gabor Mate right now. Yeah. But he's got another book out, which doesn't really affect me because my kids are in their 30s. Um, I think it's called Hang On to Your Kids or something. And it's all about like making sure that your kids are looked after and they're allowed to be kids but you need to be the parent and your relationship needs to be number one. Because if your relationship's number two, you're, you're doomed and you're giving your kids a bad goddamn example. Yeah, you're giving your kids a bad example and everybody needs to hear that. If you're not breathing, how the hell can you help your kids breathe? You know, that's what they do on the airplanes. They say, put your own mask on first, right? Where's a son or a daughter supposed to learn what a successful relationship looks like if not from their own parents? If all you're doing is catering to their whims, 
they grow up with some pretty entitled goddamn attitudes about how they should be taken care of by another person. Amen. That's what screws up every relationship out there. When people think yeah. it's all about me, the relationship doesn't matter at all. No, it's sad. And, you know, as much as, you know, you and I have talked, I'd, I'd love to see every man and woman out there do the men's and women's weekend because it's about making marriages work for, you know, the 50 year marriage that, those things are becoming rare as goddamn unicorns. One step at a time. Listen exactly. to elders. Every fucking man listening to this, go find who's under 50, find a man at least 20 years older than you, and go fucking listen to him. Ask him some questions. Learn something from him and his life experience. Number two, stop listening to young dumbasses. If the dude's <laughs> under 50, he doesn't have enough life experience to teach you shit. Teach yeah. you shit about how to be a man. Maybe he knows how to make money. I'll grant him that. Maybe he knows how to lose weight and get ripped. I'll grant him that. But how to be a man, how to raise a family, how to fucking treat women, he doesn't know shit. So stop listening to him. Anybody who's taken relationship advice from Andrew fucking Tate and his like and his ilk, I should say, is an idiot. He's a moron. And honestly, needs to get his ass kicked and kicked good and hard. So that's the main message I want people to get from listening to this fucking episode. And here's the other thing. If you're um, a man who's looking for a place to be around elder men that you can learn from, come check out what we do at Sovereign Circle. Uh, and all you got to do to find out more about that is to go to SovereignMan.ca and look up Sovereign Circle in the menu and go check it out. And don't be fucking lazy and say, Will you put it in the chat and in the notes? No, I fucking won't. Be a goddamn grown-up and a man and go find it yourself. You can go on a fucking website and look some shit up. And that's it. Richmond, good to have you here All today. Right. Good to have this conversation with you. Fucking made me feel better anyways. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what it's all about, right? As long as you feel good. Absolutely. It's all about your fucking needs. <laughs> there you go, man. There you go. I've been pissed at the world, and I wanted to fucking go on a rant with somebody who knows what he's talking about, with an elder, about why the world is so fucked that they are not paying attention to or learning from the wisdom of elders. And it makes me feel better that I got to do that with a wise elder like you. So go fucking figure, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yes, I know, I know. This fucking yeah. For a minute, you were thinking, "Hey, Baloo's evolving. Baloo's Baloo's starting to figure it out." Oh hell no, I'm not that naive. I say something like this, and you go, "Oh yeah, good old Baloo." (laughs) There you go. What's your website in case anybody wants to get in touch with you? SteveRichmond.ca or TheRelationshipWorkout.com. Take both take you there. Then uh, I may as well do a plug since I'm going to do the marketing video in about two hours. Uh, Marie Tyndall and I are going to be doing uh, January dates will be on the on the website. Uh, a couples workshop called the Turning Point. There'll be hey, uh, yeah, three online. More about it. If the dates work, uh, like yeah, three online sessions, and away we go. Yeah, if the dates work, I'd like to look into bringing my lady and I. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, I don't have them right in front of me, and we're, we were jockeying the one. And then depending on where we get couples from, we're going to do uh, a fourth all-day workshop, but it may be on Zoom depending on where couples come from or if it's, you know, we get all local area people, then we may do it in person. Give me all the details once you have them. Blue out! 
Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Man Podcast. If you're ready to take charge of your life and become the man you've always wanted to be, we invite you to join the movement at SovereignMan.ca.